This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark, joined on a newsy Monday by, a little later in this podcast, Mr. Alex Smith. But right now, Stephen Ruiz. Stephen, hello. It's a little too newsy for my liking. Like, the draft just happened. Slow down. Well, so part of that's because the, the free agent comp pick period has now entered a new phase where teams can sign a player without penalty. Nor Princiati is here. We've signed her without penalty. Hello. Hello, Kevin. That's, that's very nice, I think. We don't have to give up a comp pick for you. That's what we're trying to say. That's nice. Hmm. Uh, I actually so, did sign in June. <laughs> two years I was ago? A, I was a train. Two I years a, ago. I was post-June 1. Does that mean I'm a camp body? I, I, I signed in August, midway through training camp. Um, okay, so we have... We, we thought the news was going to be uh, that the Honey Badger signed and we were discussing how there were no numbers out and then right before the pod started adam Schefter tweeted out that there was a three-year 33 million dollar deal which we will get to having said that adam Schefter tweeted something else out by the way the only thing we're going to do for the rest of the offseason is read adam Schefter tweets and odell beckham tweets because those are the only two guys reporting news at this moment here's the tweet arizona is losing deandre hopkins to a six-game suspension it lost christian kirk i don't know why he's adding all this stuff in Okay, the news is, is that DeAndre Hopkins is uh, suspended for six games. This is significant. Uh, we have gotten pretty low on the Cardinals as a franchise over the past couple of weeks and months, maybe years. Steven, this does what to your thinking about the 2022 Cardinals? Uh, yeah, I was low on them. I'm even lower now. I don't know if there's a receiver outside of Devontae Adams and he's moved on from Green Bay. I don't know if there's a receiver that's so central to the team's offensive success sure. than DeAndre Hopkins, especially over the last two years. And I don't know. I think it gives Kyler Murray another reason to kind of stay away and not go all in this season. 
for this team. If I'm him, I'm starting to think about sitting out those first six games. <laughs> okay, but here's the problem. This is the way quarterbacks work in the NFL. You can't stay away. Like you, That's right. The Cardinals own your rights via fifth-year option, via franchise tag. Like you're kind of between a rock and a hard place from a, a movement standpoint is you sort of have to be committed to the organization, at least in the short term. And I don't think that a trade demand would work right now. Nora, what do we think about this Hopkinsters? Well, it's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> I guess it explains the trade for Hollywood Brown in a way that it yeah. felt inexplicable Does a couple it? days ago. Does it? Problem with that. Well, I think it. I think it explains why they would want to do it. The problem with that is that the single nice thing that I had it within myself to say about the Hollywood Brown trade was that he seemed like a pretty good fit because the offense values speed and because he wasn't going to have so much focus on him because of DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. What does this offense look like in 2022, Stephen? I mean, if I'm them, I'm leaning into the run game at this point. Yeah. I, if you don't have, if you don't have that guy, that that X receiver, I don't think it works. And it didn't work after he went out last season. I know Kyler Murray also went out, but even when Kyler came back, that offense just didn't look the same. It didn't look like it did over the first eight weeks of the season. I I don't know what it looks like. It's I don't think it's going to work. It's, it's not good. Not work. It barely worked when he was there. Oh boy. That franchise. I just don't, I, there's, there's a little bit rudderless. Just a little bit, a feeling, a smell of rudderlessness. And I don't know the, how rudderlessness smells, but that, that's what's emanating from Arizona right now. And that's the problem with their team building approach is it was so delicate. If they lose one player, it kind of all falls apart mm -hmm. and it's falling apart. All right. Uh, let's get to the Honey Badger news. So Honey Badger goes to the New Orleans Saints, Tron Matthew, three years, 33 Bigger contract than maybe anticipated, um, given uh, how long he had to wait. But it all makes sense when you consider that he had to wait till this 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 level of of free agency. The Saints? Question mark. Nora. Yeah, I mean, first of all, pretty good deal, especially for this point in the year. Sounds mm -hmm. like eighteen million guaranteed out of that thirty three. Mm -hmm. So the Saints always think they're contending. Mm -hmm. This is just what we know about the Saints. Uh, that is a big picture statement. I need some more time to figure out where I stand on it. But in terms of who's playing safety for this team and how they've moved on after Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins being gone, I think is pretty impressive. Because the thing about, so it'll be Honey Badger, Marcus May, CJ Gardner-Johnson. And that's actually a pretty cool group, I think, because Marcus Williams and, and Malcolm Jenkins, great players, you kind of had, you had your your free safety in Williams, you had your strong mm -hmm. safety in Jenkins. That was very clear cut. I think now they're going to be a little bit more interchangeable. What Dennis Allen chooses to do with that is, is going to be interesting. You probably want Honey Badger to be a little bit more of a, a guy who covers a lot of territory, uses his speed. Not He can be a missile when he hits, but Marcus May is just bigger, but that's a cool room and, and you can have a cool sort of big nickel package with Gardner Johnson. Mm -hmm. When Gardner Johnson inevitably gets in trouble for getting in a fight with someone, you got plenty of depth at the position. Depth. So the fight, safety fight, room there looks great. Okay. Steven, 
The Saints look like they have a good roster. What they don't have is a quarterback that we know to be significant, a helper, a helper at quarterback. And we know they 99% sure uh, they downgraded a coach just because Sean Payton is one of the best coaches of his generation. What does this team look like as far as contending with those two parameters? I can't see them as contenders because Peyton's gone. You could always right. give them the benefit of the doubt, no matter what the offensive personnel was. And they don't get that anymore. It remains to be seen. And I do think they did a great job of re replacing the safeties they lost, but I do think the safety position is a little bit worse off for them this year. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think Matthew might be on a decline. I don't know if there was an injury last year, but the numbers He's only he's only forced four complete incompletions in the last two years. That's a small number. Uh yeah, it is. But listen, some of this makes sense. He's from Louisiana. Obviously, he went to LSU. He's he's a folk hero there. This this makes sense that he would want to do that. And there were other teams in the mix. The Eagles were rumored for a long time, and pretty much everybody, honestly, except the Chiefs and a little bit of the Chiefs, were rumored to have been in, in the the Tron Matthews sweepstakes at, at some point over the past couple months. That's just the nature of the second wave of free agency. Is everyone kind of gets a day where someone says, "Oh, showing interest in this." Um, but th this this just this makes sense. And if he's going to thrive anywhere. It's going to be here. Okay, so the Hopkins news threw a wrench in our plans a little bit um, because we had to start with that. A couple of kind of rapid-fire things I want to get to. Um, the first is, do you guys have any lingering draft takes that you haven't gotten out yet now that you have two days to think about it, Stephen? I'm, uh, I'm really high on the Packers now. I think they're better than they were last year. On paper, I think they could have a top three defense. And that's something they haven't had since, what, 2010? I agree with that. I had them as my night one winner because of that, because they didn't reach for a wide receiver, because they got Christian Watson in the second round, who's one of the best athletes in the entire draft at any position. They got two Georgia guys we know can play. If those guys, and I think because of their athleticism and the fact that they play in the SEC and the fact they played so many big games, I think there's a floor there where they're going to contribute something in 2022. This, to me, looks like a really, really good team. Having said that, we keep saying that about the Packers, and then some random misfortune like special teams befalls them. Is this year that doesn't happen, Stephen? I think so. I think so. And I think when when like a superstar gets traded, we always we always take shots at the team that traded the superstar. But I mm -hmm. really think they're a better team, and this shows why you trade those superstars sometimes because you have the resources left over to strengthen other places on your roster, and they've done that. Agree. Nora, what do we think? Well, I felt very silly because I came out of the, the entire draft loving what the Packers did. And I had a little bit of nervousness after the first round just because it felt like, okay, you still have this need. You still have to address it somewhere. Nah. And then two draft picks outside of the first round, they went and did it. So seems like it's going to be a okay there. I, this is it. This is what smart teams do. They understand there's there's receivers out there. There's receivers to get on the second day of the draft. It's going to be fine. You know who's not going to be there on the second day of the draft? The two defensive players that they took. Those guys are good. Those guys go in the first round. Uh, Nora, any other takes before we get before we move on to, to the next topic, which is the 2023 draft? I just remain so impressed that neither team from uh, the great city of New York stepped on themselves. I just spent the last like 48 hours sort of basking in the glow of that. Uh, 
George Shahuri was talking a little bit about the, the Jets' value. I, I don't, I, I think that maybe there's some value questions. There's a bunch of value questions for a lot of teams. But what's interesting to me, and this is not a PFF thing, I saw a thing the other day that was like NFL teams and their draft hall in relation to the consensus big board, right? And so the whole measurement was how much a, a, a team reached versus didn't reach versus assembling draft capital and all that stuff. And I went back and the guy uh, had been tabulating this since 2016. And reaching or not reaching had nothing to do with draft value. Like uh, the amount of good players you actually got had really almost nothing. I mean, like maybe a little bit, maybe I I was... Cole Strange pick vindicated. No, I'm just saying like, I think that a lot of times now we reflexively... I think now we reflexively say like, oh, they could have traded back three times and gotten this. And it's like, you know what? You, You know what we remember? We remember when teams i mean like bruce Irvin on with the seahawks that year that they had an amazing draft like that was actually a pretty bad first round pick but like the seahawks were just doing their thing that year and they, they ended up winning a super bowl and bruce Irvin maybe wasn't the best player that they got that year but it was fine like the, the amount of good players you get in a draft is really the only thing that i care about five years in i don't care about reaches i don't care about whether or not you traded back now having said that trading back is almost always a good idea if you can get value because of just the way drafting works and that it's really hard over the course of a decade even the seahawks even the packers some of these teams the ravens do we consider to have above average drafting skills on average if you look at the data they have some they're, they're actually only a little bit above average and they do have some some complete zero years um but uh, I think over the course of time, how, you know, getting second round picks, that's how Bel- Belichick is controlled the draft, second round picks, third round picks, all that stuff. Um, but having said that, like the only thing I care about is coming out with good players. And so I, I agree. I think the, the, the Jets and the Giants got some. I feel One like- of the great joys of not being good at math is that I don't have enough of a grasp of what exactly a team gives up when they trade up just like a few spots. I can grasp it if it's a huge move, right? And we know that generally speaking, those big swings are not positive expected value moves. But when it's a small one, I can't crunch the numbers effectively enough to care. If Jermaine Johnson's a great player, they're going to be pretty happy. And I feel like this was going to be a a draft that the nerds hated just because of the lack of top prospects at the value positions. and also, and, and this this part is true. The only reason to trade up significantly is for a quarterback. That's something Shokapati and other people have said. That is correct. But because there were no quarterbacks, I think I agree with you, Stephen. Like, any trade up was considered a, a low-value effort, and I don't think you can view it that way in this type of draft. All right, well, quickly, let's, let's just flick at the 2023 draft because the odds are out for who's going to be the first overall pick. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. This is an order. C.J. Stroud's the favorite. Will Anderson, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, by the way, in a lot of sports books is the favorite. Um, I'm just looking at, at sports line here. Uh, Paris Johnson, Miles Murphy, Jalen Carter from Georgia, Brian Brees, Tyler Van Dyke, plus 1,500. JSN from Ohio State, Eli Ricks, Spencer Rattler, plus 2,500. Did Spencer Rattler write these odds? <laughs> right, that's a bad bet. Don't I, I would give higher odds. Steven Ruiz is giving higher odds for Spencer Rattler being the top pick. A million to one. A million so to one. you you see quarterbacks on this list, Nora. Is next year kind of the year everyone's going to be thinking about over over the next couple of months as far as some of these teams wouldn't feel terrible about going 2-15 and 15 if they're kind of borderline? I do not have a good enough grasp on just how high the league is going to be on those guys this time next year or a little right. bit before in the lead-up to next year's draft. 
I think in spite of that, you can pretty much unequivocally say yes, because we should not understate how much of an outlier this year was in terms of how much the league just could not stand these quarterback prospects. Mm -hmm. And there's always need at that position, both for starters and for quality backups. Backups are getting expensive. Teams are going to want to draft them. There is essentially zero chance that next year is anything like this year. So I, I don't think that there's any possible answer to that question other than definitely yes. Well, also, I, I would say for the quarter position, every draft is overrated a year out. Like There was a report from Ian Rappaport on April 27th or whatever it was of 2021 saying that there's going to be a record number of teams not trading picks for 2022 because those picks are considered gold because the 2022 drafts can have more information better prospects. It's not going to be the COVID year. Everybody wants to pick in 2022. And then we got there and nobody wanted the first overall pick. Um, so Everyone was desperate to trade back. Nobody wanted to pick in 2022. That's why I only trust Odell Beckham's reporting. Can't trust rap sheet. I, I actually agree with that. No, but it wasn't, <laughs> but I, you know, it's funny because I, I actually wrote about that, but you know, it's not rap sheet's fault. That was literally what people thought in the league was like, oh, we don't have much tape on these guys. There are all these opt outs. It didn't matter. There were really, really good players last year, and there'll be really good players this year. Uh, also, all like, right. people get a pass for being deeply confused in the midst of an unprecedented global pandemic. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Baker and Jimmy, guys, they're still on their teams. So I want to get, I want to shift towards previewing the rest of the offseason because this is, this is the second phase. And there's not a lot that's probably going to happen between here and July. Suspensions, maybe a couple of trades. I think training camps can be interesting because I think there's going to be more superstar trades than we think because trade negotiate or contract negotiations break down. And now that we know the value of a superstar, maybe teams are more likely to say, let's get two first round picks for this guy than try to drag on these negotiations. So that'll be a little different, but we're entering a new phase. Um, what happens with Baker and Jimmy G these next couple of months? Andrew Barry was quoted today saying it's quote, a fluid situation. We're dealing with it day by day. Uh, I don't know what that, that means, Steven. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that either. Uh, I got a solution though. I got a solution to all their problems specifically the Panthers and the Browns, why don't they just swap Baker for Darnold? Uh, Think about it. The problem with trading both of them is that their contracts are guaranteed. So you guys are both in the same spot. Just swap the quarterbacks. You don't want Baker around. I actually around. love this. You don't want Baker around. The, the Panthers get an upgrade. What, what's not to like? 
does Sam Darnold like this? Who cares? I don't know if Sam Darnold is in quite the position to be choosing what he likes and dislikes at this point. Are you endorsing this take, Nora? I'm fully endorsing it. I love this take. Thank you. I think this is brilliant. Are you not? Are you not? I, I'm a little I'm a little confused by it. Um first of all, Sam Darnold, what's the what's the are they they're both making the same amount of money yeah. generally because they're both in a fifth year option. Yes. They're both entering free agency in some way, assuming assuming nobody nobody balls out and gets franchise tagged. Um yeah, I could do it. I could do it. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Call it in. It's canon now. It's been done. Um, all right. Let's preview the rest of the I actually cannot understate how genuinely good of an idea I think this is. It popped into my head like 10 minutes before this, and I I was in awe of myself. I did it, it again. Might be, it might be <laughs> another bank. Look out, Odell. By the way, Steven, I forgot to ask, do you have a quarterback that you want to take first overall next year? Uh Stroud. Yeah. Stroud's, Stroud's I mean, Bryce Young guy. looks pretty good. Yeah, he's a little thin though. A little thin. Okay. Uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Are Wait, really hold good. on. Who's on jittery in the pocket watch? Ooh, it might. I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm not going to put someone on. There. Okay, stay tuned. Know. He's got to watch. He's got to grind the tape. That's what the next three months are for. Sure. He's going right now. He's going back in the lab as soon as we're done with this podcast. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about Debo here. So Debo still a 49er. Nothing changed according to to John Lynch. Is this since we're previewing the rest of the offseason, Does this does anything happen between now and July with this Nor? I mean, he could still get traded, or they could come to an extension. Perhaps the AJ Brown deal ends up being something of a benchmark. I, we talked about this the other week. I still think something like that 25 million a year is like a little rich for my blood but is in the ballpark where it is semi-rational I guess um Jeremy Fowler reported that Debo is still dug in wants to be traded doesn't like the situation so I would imagine that there will be a couple more rounds of Debo's unhappy what can the 49ers do about it wants an extension blah 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 uh but Kyle Shanahan said that they got trade offers and that nothing was quote even remotely close to what they thought would be fair so it seems like odds are he will stay there and then the question is what happens with the money um again the brown deal could be sort of a benchmark because um same contract status essentially and that's just how the market works. I still think that if I were the 49ers, they would be making an argument that they're not going quite that high. But if that's kind of the ballpark and that helps them do something, then maybe that's how it ends up. Steven, this is so weird to me because the whole thing comes down to usage and presumably Debo doesn't want to be used the way he's being used by the 49ers. 81 snaps in the backfield last year because he doesn't want to get hurt because that would mess up his money. But what if you just paid him now? Yeah, I think that's the solution. And I think between now and the start of the season, maybe Kyle can come up with new ways to get a similar player in that role. And they'll get more comfortable about talking about reducing his role in the backfield. I don't know. I, I think that's that's how you fix things. I am in complete agreement with you. Um, all right, let's move on to... 
previewing the rest of the offseason. Is there anything you guys are watching for the next couple of weeks, couple of months? Doesn't matter. Anything that where you're just like, all right, this is this is actually the story to watch because I I don't see many pitfalls for teams. I don't see. I mean, you remember last year, Aaron Rodgers had his thing at the draft where Schefter reported that stuff. The Vikings guy reported that, and then there was some um, you know talk about the the, the Niners and, and all that stuff being a potential destination that ended when Trey Lance was drafted, but. I don't think there's some huge drama that's going to flare up now in the next few months. Am I wrong, guys? Well, I don't think you're wrong, but the thing that I am watching is if something happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, first of all, this is a little bit of a, a mea culpa because I am just shocked that he has remained on the 49ers thus far. And he had capsule surgery on his shoulder and can't throw until June. So I'm somewhat curious if once he gets to the point where he can actually throw, whether that's in a workout for a team or if they're able to sort of share information about his recovery or something, if that loosens what's happening up and and leads to some offers and maybe some movement there, that's one thing that I'm definitely watching in the next couple of months. That said, the other possible outcome here is that Jimmy Garoppolo is just still the 49ers quarterback, which I, I truly cannot tell you how much I really didn't think that was in the cards a few months ago, just given the limited number of solid quarterbacks that were going to be available, how the draft class was considered. I really thought that they were going to be able to get a trade offer that they wanted there and get something done in part because Jimmy Garoppolo gave a literal goodbye press conference to the city of San Francisco. And now he's just still their quarterback. And the team was like, we're going to do right by him. And then he just stayed on the roster. They Uh, all like gave each other gifts and well wishes. And then now he's just like maybe going to make the playoffs as their starter next year. Um, Seems to me that Jimmy Garoppolo is Jay Leno in this situation and that Trey Lance is Conan O'Brien. I think so. Like, I think so. I think that I think to uh, handicap this, the most likely thing I guess at this point is that Jimmy's Jimmy actually genuinely don't know, which I think is more likely that they do find a trading partner for him or that he stays and Trey Lance takes over. But what does he do in that situation? I just don't know. They send him home like John Wall. They're just like, we don't want you on the team anymore. So here's the difference. Here's a, a critical difference between the Jimmy situation, the Baker Mayfield situation, I think. I don't think Jimmy is, like, personally offended. They had their nice press conferences. Clearly not everything has happened that uh, people expected to happen after that point. But I I don't think he's pissed off. Mm -hmm. Baker is very clearly pissed off. So if the Browns get into a situation where they want Baker to stick around as a backup or as insurance in case they need a different quarterback or whatever, like, you're going to have some serious relationship mending to do there. And Baker's probably going to say some stuff. Um, Baker in front of a microphone is probably going to make people in Cleveland a little bit nervous for at least a few weeks if, if that ends up being how they handle that situation. I, I don't think that that's really a concern with Jimmy. I, I think it's it just then boils down to this genuine question of maybe he's still the quarterback that gives them the best chance of winning games but also you traded up for Trey Lance and you have to play him at some point like I know that was the situation that we talked about them being in 
last year, but it kind of seems like they might still be in it. And it, it just gets more and more sort of interesting, but also fraught in that way, the longer Lance is sitting on a rookie contract and, and it's not clear who is starting. Steven? Yeah, if uh, Jimmy wanted to make a mess, it would have happened already. He had his time last offseason, I feel like. And it, Jimmy also just, like, doesn't give a crap. Yeah, Like, he's he just a chill guy. And he's making, what, he tur- 20, he tur- 20 he probably, million? He, yeah, he probably turned down the podcast invitation from the Baker Dog Podcast. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I can buy my own dog. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, I do not fault Baker Mayfield for being mad, but like Jimmy Garoppolo actually has the type of zen that we all should like aspire to. Also, mm. if the ringer wants to pay me to not work, I'll do it. I'll do it. Right. Hmm. Um, I like working, but that's, I guess I'm built different. Nerd. I like ball. I like playing ball. Um, let's go through the free agents here and we'll just discuss if there's anything. I'll just go through them all. The, the, Good free agents are still available, uh, according to NFL.com, and then we'll uh, we'll discuss. Odell Beckham, who's now transitioning into a career in newsbreaking. Dwayne Brown, Jadevian Clowney, Melvin Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, which I think f- feels like, if he's healthy, probably the Bucks, but who knows. Jarvis Landry, Jerry Hughes, Akeem Hicks, Trey Flowers, uh, the defensive end, by the way. J.C. Treader, Will Fuller, Eric Fisher, Julio Jones, Bryce Callahan, a- Anthony Barr, Justin Houston, Sheldon Richardson, and Dominic and Sue. I'm gonna stop there. Kev, once I saw Kevin King's name, and I decided we've run out of good, we've run out of good free agents. Dante Hightower's on this as well. Riley Reef, Joe Hayden. Yep. Um, any free agents, Stephen, that you think can still add value at this time of year? I would say Julio Jones. I know he missed time last year, but when he was on the field, he was still running like Julio Jones. And if maybe you get him for what twelve games, that's enough. That moves the needle. Nora. I think Will Fuller, maybe for the Ravens. Obviously, the question there is, since they moved on from Brown, how they fill those snaps. And that's one way that I think would be pretty nice. Uh, Last thing, anything. um, Steph wants to know what we think about Jarvis Landry. I don't think much about Jarvis Landry. I named him and moved on pretty quickly. I think he might be on the downside of his career. Charles Robinson said that uh, the Browns coaches thought he couldn't run anymore when he was on this pod a couple weeks ago. I mean, that seems seems right. Didn't he run slower than uh, Poe at the Combine? He couldn't run back then either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what's changed? All right. Uh, All right. Anything on the undrafted free agents before we get to Alex Smith? I I thought the Eagles signing two quarterbacks, Carson Strong and Brown's EJ Perry, who I think is is a pretty good athlete. Uh, I, I think that's... Interesting, um, and the fact that both of those guys wanted to go there, even though knowing that there was another undrafted quarterback, which usually doesn't happen when it's two kind of good-ish undrafted free agents. Anything in this class that, that piques your interest, Stephen? No, that was my pick. I like the strong pickup. I like the Perry pickup. Take a chance. I know that no one wanted to draft strong because he basically has no knee, but yeah, take a chance on him. He's got a good arm. He he knows how to work the pocket. He's not on jittery pocket uh, quarterback watch. Yeah, <laughs> take a chance. Uh, Justin Ross, the Clemson star signing with the Chiefs is interesting. Uh, obviously had a almost career-ending injury that people, that's the reason that he wasn't, he was an absolute superstar as a freshman, absolute superstar. And I think a lot of people um, stayed away from him because of the injury stuff. But I, I, I don't hate the idea of him going to Chiefs camp, see what you got. You know, injury miracles happen all the time. Uh, maybe something pops there. 
Yeah, and I think they could use him in that scheme as kind of an isolated type receiver if he hits, if he becomes a player that's a, that can play a couple snaps. Right. So it yeah. kind of makes sense with his body type. And, I mean, it's a spinal condition. It's a congenital spinal condition, which is extremely concerning. And I understand why he wouldn't get drafted in that spot. But the, the dude can play. He tweeted he just needed that one chance, um, and he got it. So I'm happy for him. Nora, anything? Well, the Eagles ones are interesting, especially because um, Strong got uh, $320,000 guaranteed. And um, I think also uh, Goodrich, the cornerback, got two hundred and seventeen. That's like as high as you're going to see for an undrafted guy. So it's just interesting who is signing the guys where there's a lot of competition. Um, you can pretty much do a one-to-one based on the money because that's that's how UDFAs work out. Um, but yeah, I think those are the interesting ones. Cool. Let's get to Alex Smith. Nora, Alex Smith was great. Really great. A much better third third man in than Steven Ruiz, I would say. We should have asked Alex Smith who's on Jittery Pocket Watch. Uh, I mean, bad, it, new, bad Alex, news. Bad news yeah. for Alex Smith. I, yeah, I was about to say. I was no. Alex Smith has admitted to on on my shows before on Slow Newsday. He's admitted to being on Jittery Pocket Watch himself at the beginning of his oh, career. Nice. I, I, I believe, like why we should have asked him. He I does like not believe that he should have We got to it. We got to it. Uh, all right, let's bring in Alex. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Alex Smith is here. He's here with SimberTech, ESPN commenter, longtime NFL quarterback. What's going on, buddy? Kevin, how's it going, man? Yeah, right, it's going great. It's, it's been six months since you've been on Slow Newsday. We've missed you. We need more Alex Smith in our lives. I want to start here. Um, a lot of new young quarterbacks coming in the league. Last time we talked, you gave what I thought was one of the best breakdowns of your early career that I've ever heard from a quarterback as far as you playing too early. Maybe you felt a little bit failed by some of the maneuvers early in your career. And I want to have you take us through, if you're a GM of a team right now, if you're the head coach of a team or quarterback of a team, um, what in your mind is the ideal blueprint? Every quarterback is different. But for a young quarterback entering the league, and there's no surefire you know, top overall pick, everybody's going to be a little bit raw coming into this year. What are the steps you think every team must follow for a blueprint for developing a young quarterback in 2022, Alex? I mean, I think when you're making an investment, especially in an early draft pick, an early quarterback, I mean, you want to do, you're spending a lot of draft capital, right? I mean, these, these picks are, are worth, they literally have a value. And here you are expending a lot of value on a pick on the most important position in football. Um, and so I think with that, you want to do everything you can to make sure that investment succeeds, right? And I, I think it has to do with putting all the pieces around uh, that player, whether it be on the field, you know, whether it be an offensive line front that protects him, whether it be playmakers around him that he can rely on. And then a coaching staff 
uh, as well, right? That that's gonna that's gonna create that stability, simplify the game from an X's and as an O standpoint, but put that player in the best position based on their skill set out there on the field. So I think with all that, like right, when I reflect back on in early in my career, I, you know, I was a 20 year old kid when I got drafted. Mm-hmm. I, I I played every snap in college in the shotgun, which at that point was you know kind of considered you know, this, this crazy college offense that I played, <laughs> never, this, this never would work in the NFL. Right. And there was this huge kind of stigma that could I prove that I play, could I play a, in a pro style system? Could I be a pro style quarterback? Right. Which really meant me being under center, playing with a fullback and tight ends. Thankfully, these kids don't have to answer that question anymore. Right. They don't have to kind of be put into that box. And the cool thing also with that, with, with a lot of these college, college schemes and playing open has, has kind of infiltrated the NFL. We get to see these guys get to use their skill sets. Right? They, they, get, they can do more. So let them do more. Right. The, the Josh Allen's of the world, the, you know, Lamar's Patrick Tyler, like let these guys do what they, they have so many strengths and let them do all that. So I think that's, uh, you know, been really, really encouraging that we don't have to deal with that. But then to come to the kind of the big question as far as sitting, I, I mean, I, I think if you're going to err, you'd be better, better to err that guy's overprepared than underprepared. Right, the, the the downside of him being over prepared, maybe you maybe he sat for a little too long. Like look at Aaron, you know, as, as a perfect example. You know, a guy that you know my draft classmate. Could he have played earlier? Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. What's the downside? What's the downside? Oh, a Hall of Fame career. Who you know? Like <laughs> I don't I don't I don't, I don't get what we're talking about versus like putting a guy out there too soon, right? When yeah. there aren't great pieces around him. Maybe he's going to go out there and get his butt kicked. He's going to get injured, right? Like you have you have seven offensive coordinators in seven years. You know, like, like that, that that started my career. Like I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do everything in your power to ensure uh, that, that these guys have the the best chance to develop. Because again, you are making this big investment in them. Why wouldn't you want to see it succeed? Is there a a young quarterback now, Alex? Where you look at you mentioned having so many different offensive coordinators at the beginning of your career. Is there a young quarterback now where you say, you know what, this kid's got the, the capability to in four years to develop into the next Alex Smith, where he eventually finds a home. You know, he had a rough go over at the beginning, or even with his current team, that he he excels. Is there a guy that you look at and say he's going through a lot of what I went through? He's got the tools to make it for a long time in this league. Yeah, I don't know if there's any one. You know, there's several. Yeah. There's several guys that kind of come to mind. Even Carson Wentz uh, there in mm. there in Washington. Here's a guy that's on his third team. He, you know, he's he's a he's he's been a kind of a polarizing figure in in the media, right? Um, the expectations of this first round grade, right? Like as he's moved, as he, he's been traded twice, is he value? Is there value there? I think he's incredibly talented. Uh, there's been a lot of noise surrounding him, and I think the big question marks: Can he kind of quiet that noise and, and, and solidify that position there in Washington. Um, certainly Baker Mayfield, as he looks like he's on the outs there in Cleveland. I mean, mm. he's a guy that played really, really well a couple of years ago. Um, I thought last year was really hard and unfair. He played through a bunch of injuries. Uh, that team didn't perform up to expectations. He didn't as well. But now all of a sudden it looks like he's obviously going to be headed somewhere else. Uh, what's he going to do with that, right? Can, can he move forward and, and uh, kind of get his career back on track? Because uh, I think he has a ton of talent uh, there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of similarities. As I looked at those QBs last season that got drafted and played early, you know, the Zach Wilson going, you know, number two overall, uh, you know, a Utah kid there that, that went and played right away in a situation that probably wasn't uh, awesome, um, you know, surrounding him. 
yeah, but I, you know, hopeful for him here as he goes into a second season. So yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a, I look at a lot of these early picks, and especially the kids that have to play early, and certainly for me, uh, definitely hits home. And I, you know, it's always kind of a some similarities that I that I I think I make with my career and having to play early. Alex, it feels like one of the biggest stories of this off season, at least this far, uh, has just been the number of trades and the Tyree Kill trade being one of the biggest, you know, that Kansas city offense so well, what do you think, what do you see for them going forward without Tyreek? And, and how do you think they sort of counter after making that move? Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things, uh, first off, I mean, Tyreek's such a unique player in the league. And, and so certainly they're going to be different, right? I mean, you just, you're, no one's going to fill those shoes. It's just not the, the reality. I think the amazing thing in the piece and all this, that's it's kind of, doesn't get talked about enough though is Andy Reid. Like this is a mm-hmm. guy that has constantly re can can you know the, the, this offense is going to look completely different because he's so good at this, right? Like think about all the quarterbacks that he's had over the years. Think about all the skill position players that he's had over the career over the years, and he finds ways to make the offense fit them and their strengths, right? I mean, I I think you know you had Juju Smith Schuster stepping in there, and um, yeah. you know the, the Valdez Scantling kid coming from Green Bay. Like I I think. This offense is going to look different, and rightfully so. Like he's going to build this around the guys that he has and their strengths, um, and he is kind of a little bit that secret sauce. And obviously, it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Pat yeah. <laughs> at, at the quarterback <laughs> position yeah. who who can who can do it all. Um, so I think, with that being said, I mean certainly I think their offense, although it may not be as explosive as it's been the last several years with with Tyreek there, I, I think as a team, it doesn't mean that maybe they're they're not going to be better because of it. You know, because there is obviously this. As you put together the puzzle, you know, getting the draft picks back for Tyreek, obviously the cap space of, of not signing him, sure, obviously is a fan, an amazing player. He's ridiculous. But, yeah. you know, what what can you go do with that other stuff that, that may make the team better, even though, uh, you know, the offense may have, have taken a step back as, as, as far as an explosiveness standpoint, but maybe the team will be better off moving forward. I know we spent so much time last season talking about sort of the emergence and the the emphasis on too high being something that was sort of impacting offenses around the league as they tried to figure out how to deal with it. And do you see that as a piece of the decision to move on from a player like Tyreek Hill, because we saw that offense try to not move away from explosives, but try to create some of those explosives with off of shorter throws and, and, change as a reaction to how defenses were defending against them a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, I think because first off, Tyreek's like the king of throwing a five-yard swing pass to and, (laughs) you know, he can take it 80. So I I, I don't think so in that regard. I do think, you know, a lot, everybody talked about it, right? Like, you know, the bend but don't break defenses that were especially against Kansas City. And I think a lot of it had to do with expectations and really kind of unfair expectations. We I think we were so ready last season to see Kansas City put up 50 every single week and have these blowout wins, and that's just not the case, right? The NFL is, is really, really good. Everybody's good. It, it, it was never going to be the case. I still think at the end of the year, I think Kansas City still finished number one in, as far as efficiency on offense yeah. per drive. So they, they still they, – they were awesome. Uh, I think that it was really kind of unfair um, expectations for them that they were just going to go out and hang, you know, 40, 50 every single week. <laughs> Um, you know, I think the the real thing as, and I don't want to speak for him, but obviously for, for Andy and, and Brett, 
Beach as they were building this team. It was about the entire team. Again, yeah. how can we make the team better? And that, and that maybe although you lose a player like Tyreek, as as great as he is, that that maybe the team will be better off with the picks and cap space spent somewhere else. Because again, it is it is kind of this puzzle you're putting together, right? This right. stew. You're you're there's all these variables you're trying to put in place, and that uh, maybe as a team, um, and that's nothing against Tyreek. It's just it's just where they were, right, with where he was at his in his contract and the value and what they could get for him. And it was really kind of no different again for me. Like you know, you get you get you get sent packing. Like I, I don't think there's any hard feelings there. Um, excited for Tariq and Tyreek and what he's going to do in Miami. But I do think there's a chance, and I think that's what uh, they're banking on there in Kansas City, is that maybe as a team, they'll be better off uh, with what they decide to do. Uh, last one for before we get to Timber Tech. Uh, I, this is such a talk radio and bad question, but I just need your perspective on it because I, I think you're a hell of a lot smarter than, than us. The oh AFC boy. is stacked. The AFC is stacked. And like that, I understand that's the most obvious statement on the planet. But when you look at the AFC West, Justin Herbert, obviously Pat, Obviously, Derek Carr getting Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson coming into the division. Explain this to me, because it seems like every single roster is is should be in, in consideration for, for the AFC Championship at this point. Um, how does this shake out? Is there a quarterback that we should be thinking more about than we already are? 2022 in the AFC looks like what, Alex? Yeah, it's like an arms race. You know, like right. it's just like, uh, you know, everybody's scaling up. Um, and and rightfully so. And I think this obviously was all triggered up. You know, this this comes back to Pat, uh, right. you know, sitting there and he's obviously not going anywhere. Um, and if you're going to beat them, you, you better have somebody that can go toe-to-toe with him. Um, and I think everybody in that division's kind of answered that bell, you know, and, and I think they've, they've, had, they've had to out of necessity, right? If you want a chance to try to win that division. Um, you, like I said, you again, you better have the weapons and firepower uh, to match them. And so we, we've seen that. I think it's crazy. It's like, it's banana <laughs> that, that, that division is done the AFC in general, but especially that division. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to watch it. I think it's spectacular for football. It's gonna be so much fun. I mean, who knows how it's going to shake out? Like, I, I, I think it's all those teams have gotten so good, not just at the quarterback position, yeah. but around them. You look at the moves yeah. that the charge chargers have made this off season. Um, I think, you know, obviously with the with the Justin Herbert's phenomenal back there at the quarterback position. You look at what the Raiders have done this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Denver as well. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch. I think it's gonna be amazing. I still think, you know, like I said, uh Kansas City sitting on top, you yeah. know, someone's gonna have to someone's gonna have to take them down. But I think you're not ruling out any of those teams at this point. I mean, I I think we could we can all envision them um getting it going and and uh you know, those are great ri- historic rivalries on the AFC side mm-hmm. in that division. And I think it's going to be fun to watch those kind of get notched up a little bit here. All right. Tell us what you're doing with Timber Tech. Yeah. I partner with Timber Tech. You know, it's, it's fun kind of here on the, uh, with the draft, uh, you know, just happening and, and, uh, they're, they're really kind of the number one pick in decking. And, and, you know, for me being the former number one pick, a fun partnership. Uh, but for me, more excited kind of about decking season, you know, the weather turning, yeah. I know we're all excited to kind of get outside and, oh, yeah. and enjoy Hell it. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're an awesome company. Listen, they, they make a, they make an, an amazing product. It's, it's absolutely zero maintenance, which I love, you know, no sanding, no staining. Uh, but the best part is it's hundred percent recycled materials. It's, it's amazing for the earth. Uh, so if you're looking to make a change, 
uh, in your deck and go check them out. Timbertech.com. They got a bunch of cool stuff on their website. They're a great, great company. And again, just pumped to be partnered with them um, and having some fun, obviously. Yeah. Looking forward to be, you know, being outside and enjoying and enjoying being on my deck. Awesome. It's almost that time of year. Alex Smith, thank you for coming to the Ring NFL show. Thank you for time. Kevin, Nora, thanks. All right. Thank you to Steven Ruiz, Nora Princiati, Alex Smith. Well, I'm going on vacation after the Miami Grand Prix. So Nora and Steven are going to hold down the fort. Ben Solak, Kalen Jones. Gang's all here, guys. So enjoy that. Uh, thank you to Stefan Anderson for production help with this production provision by Arjuna Ramkapal. It's been the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network.